Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Our mission is to offer enduring hope, loving compassion, skilled support, and effective steps to healing after loss. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 147, The Miracle Is You. Okay, first, let me just start with, I believe in miracles. I absolutely believe in miracles. I share a story in my book, Miracles in the Darkness, and it's it goes something like this. So years ago, I was working for a company. I was in the middle of a divorce. I was separated from my first husband. And I was traveling to Las Vegas for a conference by myself. And it was the first time really, like I was in my, uh, I was probably 30 years old at that point. It's probably the first time ever I had flown on my own to a place where somebody wasn't picking me up. And I was completely on my own in the city, not really knowing anybody. Nobody was meeting me there. No one was expecting me. It really felt uncomfortable. And there were some other things that made that trip particularly interesting, um, which I share in the book. I won't go into all the detail, but it was a challenging trip for me. And I I went uh, for business. I went for my company to this conference to investigate some solutions for our business. And so I had some big responsibilities to take care of while I was there. And I had some interesting circumstances in traveling there because of the circumstances with my marriage and financial things and and different things. At any rate, I got there and I prayed my way through that whole entire trip. I really did not, I really didn't feel qualified to be there at that conference. It was a medical conference I was there to investigate some Medicare things. Our company was a medical device company. And I really honestly didn't feel prepared for the trip. Didn't know that I fully understood what I was there for, the information I needed to gather. Looking back on it, I'm like, I don't know what I was doing there, but I just trusted that God was going to be there for me and was going to help me. And I just, like I said, just prayed my way all the way through that trip and it could not have gone better. I, I did get sick at the end. So the last day when I was traveling home, I ended up with a fever and I sat by the pool and then went to the airport. Uh, I was fine, but it really, really went well. Like, you know, and it, it was a large conference. So there was a lot of options and I ended up at the right place at the right time, getting the right information, being able to bring that back to the company. And I remember feeling like that was a huge success. I can't remember now. I think I'd been with the company for, I don't know. I hadn't been with the company too terribly long and I had started with data entry and then they had invited me to like a supervisor's role. And I ended up as a manager, I think after this trip. Anyway, it was like just that whole experience of working for that company and having these 
these amazing opportunities to like spread my wings and learn what I could do and learn to rely on myself and to rely on God and, and to have that, that level of success and confidence in myself and build that confidence was really a miracle. And then a few years ago, it's been seven years ago now, my husband was investigating opening a business and in opening this business, we were going to need to move. And there were a lot of decisions to make, as you can imagine, in opening a business. And, and as I was praying about that opportunity and decide really trying to feel settled that we were making a good choice or that this was the right direction to go, or at least a right direction to go. As I was praying about it one day, I was sitting in church actually, and I was reminded of that earlier trip, which was 20 plus years previous to that moment when we were trying to make the decision about the business. I remembered that experience of how, you know, God had helped me through the whole business experience, but through that specific trip. And the words came to my mind I helped you before, I'll help you again. And in that moment, I knew I was receiving confirmation that we should move forward with the business that we were looking at. And really interesting the way all of that came to be and how I actually ended up running that business for three plus years and just all the decisions that were made after that. It was the perfect answer to my prayer. I helped you before, I'll help you again not even knowing exactly what the future holds. And that's where we find ourselves, isn't it? We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. And when we experience loss, we are acutely aware of how unaware we are of what's going to happen in the future. Because rarely are we prepared for the loss that we've experienced. Rarely. And I do believe that we are prepared in some ways. I know that I felt, looking back especially, I could feel the preparation that had been placed in my life for the experiences that I had, but it was still soul crushing. Like I was still devastated. It was hard. It was hard, hard, hard. And even with preparation, it's hard. And so just remembering those words, I helped you before, I'll help you again. And those words came to me again this week as I was reflecting on some things and some projects and the things that I I want to do moving forward. I was reminded of that promise again. I helped you before, I'll help you again. We just got back from a trip to Cancun. We, We had a fun little vacation down there. We met a couple of other couples down there, some friends down there. And one of the excursions we took while we were in Cancun, Mexico, was we we had a day trip to Tulum and, and it was coupled with this trip to a cave, an underground cave where you wade through water as in some areas you're wading through really shallow water and other areas you're wading through deeper water, but it's completely dark. You know, you're, you're depending on your guide to guide you through. And that is really what we're experiencing right now with the uncertainty. We live in an uncertain world. We just do. 
And regardless of even all the circumstances and how those play out on the world stage, on our nation's stage, on a political stage, on a health stage, on all those things, regardless, we still are in a position where we don't know the future. And as we think about, you know, navigating a dark cave on our own, we would not have made it out of that cave, but with a guide who knew where he was leading us and he knew the next part that he was going to take us to, and he knew where to warn us and how to warn us and, and where to, you know, where to tell us, Hey, look, don't miss this. Don't miss looking at this particular thing. Right. Well, at one part of the cave, he was talking to us, um, even before we got into the cave about, you know, not putting our hands on the, the stone, the stone formations that were out of the water. And I don't remember, is it stalagmite or stalactites that, that come from the ceiling? I can't remember which is which, but the, the stalactites that come from the ceiling, he was telling us not to put our hands on them. Because he was t- was warning us that the oils on our hands would change the environment of that rock, would change the, the chemical formation, would change the growth of the, the rock formation. And in demonstrating that, at one point in the cave, he shined his flashlight on the water and you could see this film across the water. And he told us it was minerals and, and I want to believe that that's what it was. <laughs> Uh, maybe it's not, but that's, that's what he told us. It was, it was like the minerals from the cave, you know, floating in this water. So there was this film of minerals on the, on the surface of the water and, and demonstrating, he said, he said, I want to show you what happens when we interact with these minerals. Like this is basically what's happening when you touch the rock that's above the water and he, he was demonstrating on the water kind of what's happening. And so he shows us this film on the, on the surface of the water. And then he stuck his finger in the film. He just put one finger in the film. And when he did that, the film of minerals moved away from his finger. And then there was a circle of cleared space on the surface of this water where his finger had interacted with the water, interacted with the minerals and pushed the minerals away. And I share this story with you because, you know, when we're experiencing really hard stuff, it is really challenging to stay in a space of peace and comfort. But as we move back into that space as often as we can, as we comfort ourselves, as we offer ourselves phrases and affirmations and declarations and mantras that help us to be in a place of peace despite the pain, when we do that, we create space. We create this safe zone for ourselves. And when you practice reminding yourself that you are safe, 
that you are loved. Now, saying these things to yourself is going to feel really uncomfortable at first, but I promise that as you practice this, it will become more comfortable and your mind will be able to internalize it. But find some phrase that helps you to feel calm and peace. I just did a coaching session just a little while ago. And as we kind of walked through a visualization, we walked through some limiting beliefs, we reframed to some more powerful beliefs. And this wonderful, beautiful client discovered truths within herself. And as she was encouraged to practice those truths, she created a space of peace, a space of peace to live within and to be with the emotions that are hard. And when we feel the sadness, we can remind ourselves that in feeling the sadness, we are releasing releasing the pain. And in those moments when we feel happy, we can remind ourselves that this is what it feels like to be happy. And it's okay to be happy. In the movie Encanto, there's a couple of, I just, I love the movie. I love the messages in the movie. I could probably spend a couple hours, probably as long as the movie, sharing with you some of my thoughts about the messages in that in that particular film but there's a a song that Mary Bell sings at one point in the movie called Waiting on a Miracle and she starts out the song singing phrases like don't be upset or mad at all now if you haven't seen the movie I'll just recap very briefly for you it's it's a beautiful film and it's an animated film. So Maribel is in this family where everybody in the family has special magical gifts. And for some reason, when at the time when, you know, she had turned whatever age it was and she was supposed to get her gift, be, you know, find out what her special magical gift was. And there was nothing nothing happened. And so she was kind of left behind in her family and watching everybody else. And even the younger cousin receive his gift and she still didn't have a gift. So she's singing to herself, don't be upset or mad at all. And then, and then she's talking about, you know, don't regret, don't be sad. I'm still part of the family. And then she sings and I'm fine. I am totally fine. And then the whole mood of the song changes and she says, I'm not fine. I'm not fine. Now, that whole little verse there, doesn't that remind you of grief? Like we push it aside. We say, don't be upset. Don't don't grieve. Don't be sad. Don't regret anything. Everything is okay. And then finally, we have to admit that we're not fine that we're not fine. So then she goes on to seeing about all the things that she can't do. She sees everybody else doing, but she can't do them. I can't move the mountains. 
I'm waiting on a miracle. I can't heal what's broken. And in in feeling alone and that just aloneness and not having the miracle that she wanted, not having the gifts that everybody else wants. And so then she sings, all I need is a change. All I need is a chance. And then I love this phrase right in the middle of the song, open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes. Three times she sings that, open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes, become aware. And she sings about what she would do if she had the gifts. I would move the mountains. I would make new trees and flowers grow. I am waiting on a miracle. I am ready. Come on, I'm ready. Bless me now as you blessed us all those years ago when you gave us a miracle. And then the last line she sings, am I too late for a miracle? Why the journey that she goes through in the song is just, is, there's just so much there. It's the first denying her feelings. It's then it's in recognizing her feelings. It's, it's recognizing and acknowledging the pain of not having what she wants and then acknowledging what she does want. Open your eyes, become aware, look at what you do want. What do you want? I would move the mountains. I am waiting on a miracle. I would heal what's broken. I'm ready. And so she opens up to possibility. But in that last question, am I too late for a miracle? And isn't that how we feel so often in our grief, that we're too late for a miracle? And I just, I want to encourage you to open up to possibility, to not deny your grief, not deny your sadness, not try to convince yourself or anyone else that you're fine. Recognize that you don't feel fine and that's okay. Recognize what you can't do right now and that's okay. But open up to possibilities, open your eyes to awareness, start looking at what you would do, start opening your heart to being ready for a change ready for the goodness to come in, ready for the blessing and the miracle. So at the end of the movie, Maribel discovers her gifts. She discovers her gifts. And there's a song that's sung, and it's the whole ensemble. It's the whole, it's Maribel, it's her family, it's the town. And they're saying, look at this home. We need a new foundation. It may seem hopeless, but we'll get by just fine. So they're recognizing the challenge, but then they're again, open to possibility, open to the idea that even though things look hard, it's going to be okay. And then in the middle of this song, it says the miracle is not some magic that you've got. Remember how Mary Bell wanted so badly to have the magic 
And the song says, the miracle is not some magic that you've got. The miracle is you, not some gift, just you. The miracle is you, all of you, all of you. And I love that so much. And then later it says, and no matter what happens, we're going to find our way. There's so much hope in this song. There's so much recognition of the the strength of the person, of the challenges that we go through, the hope that is who we are, and then the opening up of possibility and what could be. Then her sister sings, well, she sings to her sister, you're so strong. And then her sister says, yeah, but sometimes I cry. And then she replies, so do I. So we can be strong and cry. We can be all of who we are. Towards the end of the song, the group sings to Maribel and says, we see how bright you burn. We see how brave you've been. You're the real gift. Open your eyes. What do you see? And she says, I see me, all of me. You are the miracle, all of you. You are the miracle. You are the miracle. You are the vessel of hope. You are the vessel of possibility. When you see the miracle that is you, you create that space. You repel difficulty or added difficulty, I should say, and you create that space for healing. I want to invite you to try out the True Hope Club today for free at buildalifeafterloss.com slash join. Start feeling better today when you join with the two free weeks in the True Hope Club. Grief is hard. Life has challenges. But we have hope. And we look at possibility And we open our eyes to understanding our grief and being okay with the emotions that is grief and is life. And look at the possibility of what's ahead. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.